Hi everybody, it's Lynn Ferretti here and welcome to another episode of the Dawncast podcast where we shine light on stories that matter. And today I have a special guest all the way from Darwin, Tony Burns, who is the CEO of HPA. Welcome. Hello, hello. So tell me more about HPA. I didn't tell people what it stands for, so you can go and tell me more about HPA. Thank you. So it's um, great to be here and it's uh, exciting to be out there to inspire your listeners today. Um, the HPA journey is an incredible journey. It started back in 1963 um, by Howard and Peg Garner. Um, so they lived in the territory. They had a child that had a disability and unfortunately um, there was nothing for them. So they created a company called Handicapped Persons Association. Um, over the last 54 years, it's gone through the ups and downs of the full purpose or the what I like to say, the not-for-profit world. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, it's got uh, it's an employment agency, so an employment arm of the business, which we employ 165 people. 88 of those are with a physical and intellectual challenge. Um, so we're the only organisation of its kind that inspires and empowers people with special needs and disabilities. That is so wonderful. I just love that. And that's a whole point of this show as well. It's all about diversity and inclusion. And in your case, we're also including people with disability. And so tell us more about exactly what did they do for, uh, you know, in the, in the work? Yeah. So as I said, back in the 63, that was just a dream. And then from there, it's gone through the ups and downs and we've created different marketing and, and media models and so forth. So when I took over, there were three arms of the business. Um, there was Kokoda Industries, which is a, a metalwork, woodwork, fabrication arm of the business. Um, so we, we're working with um, high machinery and creating outdoor furniture and pallets and crates and, and uh, you know, high-end stuff for government and, and defence. And then Oz Designs, which is at another location. Um, we do screen printing, embroidery, um, confidential paper shredding, um, Indigenous products and souvenirs. We only, we've got these prints that um, you can't get anywhere else in the world. So... Um, it's a, quite a unique um, selling point for HPA. And then we've got an accommodation arm of the business as well. So we've got um, different locations around Darwin to help them with their uh, independent living and an outreach service. So hopefully they can have the confidence to then one day go and live independently. So, um, yeah, from that's the banner of those three major arms. Um, when I took over six and a half years ago, the company was called HPA Disability Services. Uh, very focused on disability, and uh, my, my goal was to make impact pretty quickly. So as soon as I became CEO, I, my first two weeks, I changed the name from disability services to helping people achieve, and uh, it's been an incredible journey. We've had some amazing successes over that time. Uh, we continue to ask how we can do it better, um, and we're employing amazing people, meaningful work, and... Um, yeah, it's just been an incredible journey and we're really inspired by it. Yeah. Was there a reason why you dropped the disability service? Was there an underlying kind of motivation behind that? Absolutely. You know, um, there is still a word out there and, and a stigma to the word disability. Mm. And I feel that we're, um, everyone, every person out there has different abilities. Um, why, why should we categorise that and put someone in a bubble um, or in a box? So um, I felt it was really important, not only for the business arm, the, the, the model, but also for the families, the people that work for me, and also the community at large um, to continue to inspire and change the word of disability and focus on possibilities. 
and, and make real change and lasting change. And I think that comes from the name. So instead of putting it in disability services, yeah. let's put it into achievement and focus on that and see where we go with it. Yeah, I totally support that, yeah, that move that you did because I think it's – it's almost like it's, if you don't think about it, you don't focus, it's not really there anymore. They are just like everyone else. Um, what was your motivation getting into a business like this? So I was inspired by a guy called John McLean. Um, he was the first person to do the Hawaiian Ironman um, in um, 1994. I was um, coming back from America and I saw a documentary on him and I thought, wow, what an incredible guy. Um, I thought I'd love to meet him one day. And just by chance, three years later, I was living on the Sunshine Coast and I just finished the Noosa Triathlon and um, at the corner of my eye, I saw this guy in a wheelchair and I thought, well, that looks like John McClain. And, you know, you have two choices in life. You can either let it go by or act on those. And um, I acted on it, went up to John and uh, spoke to him for a few minutes and um, saw him how much he inspired me and about what he's done through um, his, his movements and so forth. At the time, I didn't realise John was attempting to be the first person in the world to do uh, to swim across the English Channel. Mm. Um, and um, anyway, we swapped numbers. Um, I didn't realise he had a foundation that was about to be created, which was called the John McLean Foundation, which raises money for kids in wheelchairs. And um, Nike gave him $20,000 to create the foundation and give back. And then I became um, an ambassador of the foundation in 2004. And um, since then, I've been able to raise over th uh, three quarters of a million dollars for charity for the foundation and um, make an impact for, um, for the sector. Mm, so that's how you got into this kind of business. And then how did you get into HPA? Yeah, so it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a cool story. So I was, um, I was raising money for the foundation. Then I, I moved up to Darwin. I was working for the core group you know, in hotels. And I was working in that place called Kananara, which is just on the border of Western Australia, Northern Territory. Um, I've been working in hotels for five years and doing the charity work. And then I decided to move up to Darwin. Um, didn't know anybody. I knew two people. I didn't have a job. I left my career in hotels because I lost the passion. Mm. And then um, I, I found myself working for News Limited, um, so the famous NT newspaper up here. Um, at the time, I had the South portfolio, which basically had um, everyone from Darwin right to Alice Springs. And in that portfolio was HPA. Now, I um, got to know the company. I thought, wow, what an incredible organisation. Uh, at the time, I was still raising money for the Johns Foundation and doing some crazy runs. And I went across Egypt and ran 100 kilometres. And, um, and then I was lucky enough to come across and work um, for HPA as a sales manager in 2011. But it was right before the GFC hit. And um, after starting, I got made redundant after three months. Oh. Um, but um, which is never an experience, I, you know, it's not always exciting. But I always, you know, there's two things. You turn it from a negative to a positive and everything happens for a reason. Um, I went to work for Channel 9 and then three and a half years later I had the chance to come back and become CEO and um, the rest is history. All meant to be. So tell me, when you were growing up, what made you become such a compassionate person? You know, because you must have been able to see certain things that ignite something in your heart when you come across these People yeah, yeah. yeah, well, um, my father and my parents were the, my biggest influence and, and still are to this day. And uh, they, um, growing up on the Sunshine Coast, it was really important to play sport and, and um, they taught me some really good values about being passionate about what you do in life and making sure that, you know, you can help people along the way. And um, that's always really stayed with me. Um, you know, working in the hotel industry, 
playing professional tennis. You know, that was a real individual sport. But then working in hotels and making people happy. And I think the feeling I got from, you know, seeing people smile was something that's always stayed with me. Um, and so everything that I've done, I've made sure that um, I've been passionate about. And uh, it's an old saying that Zig Ziglar said, help more people get what they want and you'll get what you want. And I know you believe in that too. Um, I think it's uh, you get more enjoyment out of helping. So I think that's already stayed with me. Um, I've been very lucky and passionate about all the roles that I've done throughout my career um, and especially the one I've got now to be able to come to work, be passionate about making a difference, not only for myself but the people that work for me but also community at large, um, that legacy can stay for a long time and then hopefully that changes people's attitudes about the word disability and then, um, you know, we can continue to do some great things. That's amazing. I don't know about you, but for me, I went on a really bad path in life before I realised that I could actually help people because I've helped myself. Did you have to go through adversities for you to kind of see life in such a humble way, appreciative way now? Or, yeah, was, what was life like for you? Yeah. Um, look, I, uh, I've, had a, I've had an incredible life. I, I come from a, a blue-collar um, family. Um, you know, my parents are, are really hardworking and... Uh, very passionate about you know dreaming big. Um, I was have been very lucky at an early age to to have those values. You know, I watched Rocky Three and all the movies that sort of you know you believe in yourself and anything's possible. Um, I was inspired by a movie I watched on the seventeenth of seventh ninety five, which was called Rudy. Now, um, Rudy is based on a, on a college football player in America. Um, you know, it's one of those things in life where you watch something and it just it's an epiphany. And I remember watching this on this day and I said to my mum and dad, I'm going to meet this guy one day. And um, three and a half years later, I actually tracked the real guy down and had lunch with him in Las Vegas. Um, so if you haven't watched the movie Rudy, all the listeners out there and yourself, check it out on YouTube or on Netflix. It's, um, it's an amazing story. Yeah. Um, but that's really resonated to me about we have two choices in life when you get out of bed in the morning. You either have a positive thought or a negative thought. And, um, you know, I, I choose to be positive. I choose that, um, you know, whatever challenge comes to me, we're going to get through it. And um, hopefully along the way you can inspire some people as well. So it looks like you've had a really great um, upbringing. So your parents raised you well and you learnt to appreciate because sometimes I feel like everyone has to go through crap before they can actually make their life better. But you're an example of you never took it for granted. I mean, you took all your lessons in. You know, what, what, what is the way you think? During, you know, if you could bring back uh, your time as a kid, how would you yeah. digest information from, yeah? Yeah, so I, I think it's, I was really lucky to have a sporting upbringing, you know, and when you have a sporting upbringing, you're around competition and people um, pushing yourself on a daily basis, um, being inspired by, you know, great leaders and great, you know, successful sports people to sort of visualise yourself to become that yourself. Mm. Um and I, it's almost like a muscle. You need to continue to train yourself and believe. And, and I think all the philosophy behind watching those movies, pushing myself in sport, um, reaching for the stars, believing that, you know, if you don't believe it, nothing can, you know, you won't achieve it. Um, I've got two tattoos. I don't advocate to be tattoos, but I've got two tattoos. So on here I've got dream, believe, achieve. Mm-hmm. And then on this one here I've got carpe diem. So it's like seize the day. So um you know, I, I lived through that philosophy. I remember watching that movie, uh, Dead Poet Society, many years ago with Robin Williams. Um, and, you know, seizing a moment in life and, and seizing it is all we've got. Yeah. Uh, 
tomorrow's never going to come back. Um, the future is in the future, but you've got now. So if I can make the best out of what we've got right now, then hopefully, um, you know, tomorrow's going to be a great day. Well, I have something in common with you. I have the word freedom. <laughs> freedom is one of my value and I don't know. I'm Yeah, I even have my son's name. I have tattoos everywhere. It's just, you know, simple, resembles moments in life that were significant. But I realise yeah. over time every day is significant. <laughs> if I keep going down that path, I would have tattoos everywhere. <laughs> um, so what are you busy doing nowadays? You know, is it all in HPA? or Because I see that you're kind of very motivational. Are you doing some speaking? Yeah, so um, obviously through what I've been able to achieve with um, the John McLean Foundation and also helping people achieve, I'm very passionate about, um, you know, inspiring and doing motivation talking and, and making change as well in the world. So um, on a spare time, which I've got two young kids, so I don't have huge amounts of spare time, but um, I, I do, I'm a corporate speaker and uh, get asked to do some of that. So um, I'm, you know, I'm folding that and continue to, to see where that can lead. Um, and obviously very passionate about what we do on a daily basis here at HPA. Um, you know, if we, can, if we can change one person's attitude about the word disability, um, then that's a great thing. Um, and that can be lasting because then that person will have a different perception when they see someone in the street or if they see something on TV, um, it's everlasting. So it's a very important um, platform that I've, um, I take seriously. Uh, at the same time, too, you know, you've got to enjoy your journey. Um, so uh, the chaos, embrace the chaos, embrace um, what life brings to you and, um, and be passionate about what you want to do. Yeah. Because um, I'm in recruitment as well and I recruit VAs from the Philippines. What is it like recruiting people with disability? Like do you, do you always have to bring people in and train them up or are they already trained? Yeah, tell me more about the recruitment field around that area. Yeah, so obviously we've got 165 people, um, as I said, 88 across all different arms of the business. Um, over the last few years, I've been able to actually create some new different arms of the business. So we've got um, Trash and Treasure, which is a, um, an upcycle recycle centre. Um, we've got PEG program, which is Participate, Engage, Grow. Um, because of the rollout of NDIS, we've created that arm of the business. And then we've just launched Breaking Ground, which is a grounds and maintenance company. So... In order, we've had these whole different platforms of opportunity for meaningful work. Um, so it's really about finding the best fit for the for the um, participants, and then from there, looking at ways of actually enhancing that empowerment and development to see where they want to lead with that. You know, they might want to go to another direction. Um, the biggest passion for us too is to believe that you know open employment is an option. So. Um, down the track, if they want to go and work out in open employment, we're going to be there to support them and hopefully um, give them a, a vision to do that. Yeah. So what are the benefits for companies? Like why do they end up choosing your company to employ people um, with disability versus like typical employment? Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's all about brands and about recognition and about contribution. And I think, you know, I'll give you an example. You know, um, we do school seating for um, schools. Now, obviously, schools can go to another company that's a profit business or you can come to us. You can support an amazing organisation that gives exactly the same or even a better product, but it's more than a buying decision. So you're not just buying a piece of furniture. You're buying a brand and a feeling that makes you feel good. And I think, like anything, you know, if you can connect your brand and your product with a feeling of empowerment, um, you can be, you can do great things, and I think that in itself 
is our IP. You're not just buying a piece of furniture or, or combination paper screen bin or, you know, uh, conference bags. You're, um, you're buying something that's really got a really great story behind it. And then from that, you can inspire to tell your brand and contribution to your customers. So that's, that's where the linkage, I think, is um, quite powerful. Yeah. And you must be all then attracting a lot of purpose-driven businesses who you work with on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. You know, we continue to see how we can continue to collaborate. Um, we've just launched a brand new website again. We're going through a new rebrand with our catalogues. We're looking at how we can actually partner on a bigger scale with other partners out there too because at the end of the day, everyone's trying to find a way to have a, um, an advantage, I guess, in a positive way. Um, so we can collaborate and, and help businesses achieve more greater business for their customer base, um, then that's what we're trying to do. So uh, we're open for business. We continue to ask those questions, how we can do it better and, um, and inspire at the same time. Yeah. Do you think the world has becoming more um, going down this path of a purpose-driven business? Because I'm just noticing it myself. I'm not sure if you see it the same way. Uh, absolutely, I, I, it's 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 a platform that's changing. Um, I think as the world, as we are more connected now, um, I think it has a real opportunity to inspire on a greater level. It obviously can also do um, some damaging sides too, so people don't use it as effectively sometimes. But I think if we focus on the positive, um, the perception of breaking the word disability for um, you know for people living with disabilities. Um, and I like to sort of say all abilities. It's not about the disability. We've all got different abilities. Um, you know, finding a passion and purpose of what you do on a daily basis. And at the same time, if you've got a product that can actually inspire other people and help the community, then it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, because I hear that the next generations of, you know, younger people, they're looking for places to work that has a purpose. They don't want to just work for people that is making money and whatever else. So yes. is that what you've understood as well? hundred percent. Like I, I came from a, a big corporate background too. So I worked for the largest hotel group in the world. I worked for News Limited. I worked for um, Channel 9, um, multi-million dollar companies. Um, great companies, great, great strategies and values. But, you know, when you put it to what I'm doing now compared to what I have done, totally two different feelings. And then if you can have – and what I realise is – too, is you're only as good as the people around you. So if you have passionate people that want to make a difference, that enjoy what they do, come to work on a daily basis, then um, you're going to get better outcomes in the long run. Yeah. We seem to all have gone through the same path thinking that we want a good paying job and make a lot of money. And after a while, we're like, is this it? What was your moment like? When did you, know, when did you feel like that was the turning point where you're like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I need to find something more fulfill- fulfilling. Well... I made a decision many, many years ago that um, my dad taught me, was, you know, don't be focused on the money because that will come. You know, focus on the purpose of what you're trying to do. Now, you need, you, we need paychecks to, to pay for the mortgages and, and, and food and so forth. But at the end of the day, my focus has always been about um, being passionate about what I'm doing at that point in my life. Um, obviously, it's been quite a journey for me. Um, you know, when I took over the CEO role, I, I'd never run companies before, um, but I knew that I was... The right person for the role, and I just needed the opportunity. Um, and you know, to be able to given, be given that chance, um, and to see what I've been able to achieve along with my team over the last six and a half years, um, we won the Telstra Business Year Awards. Um, we're the first charity in Australia to do that. Um, so to be able to have some feathers in our cap like that, 
proves to me that if you come from a place of passion and purpose, then um, you won't go wrong. That's right, because there's always going to be challenges in life, like COVID or whatever, and if you're doing it beyond just for money, then it gives you that courage, right? How did the COVID affect your business? Was it challenging this year? Look, like any business out there, COVID was something that you could never see coming, um, and uh, it's been extremely challenging. Um, I feel privileged and very lucky to be living up in the Territory compared to anywhere else in the world. We're probably the safest part of the world at the moment. Um, we don't have any... Trans, uh, community trans, transmission, um, and um, but the, it was quite interesting because the whole platform overnight changed. You got to remember too, we're working with a vulnerable workforce, and they mm. they want to come to work every day. So it was really challenging to balance that to make sure that um, we had the safety protocols in place, but at the same time too, um, we made sure that people could come to work as well because. Um, we didn't want to stop them from doing that because it was their routine. They love their friends um, and they love what they do. So um, it was definitely a challenging period. We're still going through some post-COVID circumstances, but um, we're very lucky compared to some other parts of the world. Yeah. So what did you do, you know, when it, it all happened so suddenly? Like, what did you turn to? How did you get through it? Well, I've got a great team and a leadership team, so we're very focused on making sure that the messaging was very clear um, from day one. Um, we were very close with um, the government and the, and the health department to make sure that we were keeping across all the protocols and the information as it was rolling out because it was changing day in, day out, um, and making sure that we communicate that to our team and our family members um, and the community as well. So, um, you know, we had to deal with that. Um, it was a constant update of memos and communication mechanisms. But at the end of the day, we got through it. Um, we um, were dealing with it. And, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, we're, uh, we're looking forward to um, continue to strengthen the business model post-COVID. Yeah. So throughout your whole six years of CEO, is this the most challenging time or would you say there's always a challenging time and it always looks bad at that time? Look, you know, when you run a company and you've got 165 people, um, there's challenges every day. Um, every circumstance is something that you need to deal with and, um, and at that point of time, you've got to deal with it the best you can. Um, this COVID has probably been one of the greatest challenges that's been put on to me as CEO. Um, we had some other ones in the past where we had 30% of our a massive contract, which was 30% of our turnover taken overnight too. So... When you get stuff like that and you've got to deal with it at that point in time, it can be quite um, challenging. But um, I always like a challenge. And um, if you look at it as a positive, then you can find something good out of it. So we're definitely taking the good things out of COVID. What's this brought us? It's taken us a step back to sort of think about where our gaps are and, um, and try and fill those too and then um, keep moving forward. That's amazing. So, you know, considering you're all an athletic person, you, you do triathlon, right? Uh, what kind of routine do you have, morning routines or daily routine that you have that you can share that puts you in that peak performance? Well, I've got to be honest, I've got two young children, two beautiful girls, and uh, my routine is probably in the last 12 months has been a little bit sort of not as consistent in the past. Um, so with my focus is my family. Um, I like to keep um, fit and getting out, and uh, we live near the water, so making sure we get down there and get some fresh, fresh air and have moments with the kids. Um, you know, I've got a one-year-old and a three-year-old, so it can be quite, um, 
juggling the um, the time management is quite challenging, plus running a company. So, look, um, I think anyone out there, I think having knowing what works for you is the most important thing. Um, everyone's going to have an opinion, but I think importantly, if you are happy with what you're doing, you're trying to make the best choices on a daily basis. And if you continue to push yourself to become better, then um, hopefully that will bring more joy to your life um, and uh, both professionally and personally. So what are the ways that you stay positive? Like for me, I listen to motivational video every single morning or I meditate. Is there some rituals that you do? Yeah, so I um, I actually, uh, my wife says I'm crazy, but at night time I, I, I go onto YouTube and I watch motivation clips, you know, the, the seven-minute sort of clips. And they're really powerful because those messages can stay with you before you go to bed. Um, subconsciously, that can actually help you going forward um, in challenges that you don't know when they're going to be useful. Mm. Um, so I like to do that. I like to spend some family time. Um, I like watching motivation stories and, and reading autobiographies um, when I get a chance and, and just pushing myself to become better. Um, I think we all have a choice to, you know, continue to develop. And I think one thing I learned many years ago is one of the biggest assets we've got is if you develop yourself, then um, that can be really changing for um, life changing for you. So I continue to feed it, put water in it, and um, hopefully, uh, you know, continue to um, grow to be a, a great plant. Yeah. So what is your future goal for Tony in the next three or five years? Like, anyway, what yeah. triathlon are you running? What is the... <laughs> Yeah, so I've got another marathon coming up, um, uh, sorry, a triathlon in uh, March. Um, I'm going to be doing another marathon as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've got some really great career goals, continue to sort of be a, an advocate and a leader for this sector to about the employment arm of the business and about changing people's perception and, and you know, really being a, a force to be reckoned with in that sense. Um, and um, continue to ask the question, you know, with my, my speaking and um, motivation, sort of how I can do that be, bigger and better um, and, um, you know, keep just get out there and inspire the world. You know, I think if we can inspire people to become better, then, um, you know, that's a, that's a great thing. Amazing. So how do people connect with you, Tony? So I've got, um, I've got obviously through Facebook, we've got um, HPA, we've got an amazing Facebook um, following. Um, on my corporate speaking, I've got um, a website, which is... Um, TonyBurns.live, and um, yeah, and happy to to help anyone out there, or even your listeners, or um, be open for opportunities because um, you know I definitely feel that I've got a great story to be told. Um, and uh, like yourself, I think uh, you know um, motivation deserves to be told on a bigger scale. And I think there's so much negativity out there with social media and not used in the proper way. Um, and I really admire you and what you've done with uh, these podcasts. And it's just an honour to be part of this podcast. And um, you know, hopefully uh, the people that are listening to it um, enjoy it as well. Yeah, definitely. I've enjoyed it and your positivity just flows through the screen. Um, I've just got one last question for you. That is, what do you want the world to remember Tony for? Oh, um, passion. Passion, yeah. Passion and purpose. I think, uh, I think if that was something that would be um, a legacy point of view about, you know, Tony Burns was a passionate person that was very purposeful to, you know, to make a difference in the world. Um, that would be pretty cool. Yeah.
I can feel the passion in you, that's for sure. So you're doing a great job already. Well, thank you so much, Tony, for being on our show. Um, it's been a yeah, fabulous time talking to you today. Thank you so much. Appreciate the opportunity. Well, that's it, guys. That's another episode of Dawncast. If you're new to this channel, don't forget to subscribe or press the bell button so that you get notification when the video is up. That's it. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Now we're going to dance. <laughs>